Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 98. 98 of the Eavesdrop Podcast. We have a duo in front of us today. Uh, my man Tobias Sherman, he and I go way, way, way the fuck back. And uh, I just got the pleasure to meet Mr. Chris Nunez, legendary tattoo artist, graffiti artist, artist. Yeah. Thank you. More hu- human. More human. More right. human than man, human. human. <laughs> My man. Brother from another. Brother from another. All right. So where, I mean, I don't even know where to, where to start. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll start by letting everybody know that uh, this podcast is brought to you by Credit Karma and Wealthfront. And I'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in the podcast. Uh, but you guys are here filming your own show. Uh, you guys want to give us a tour mentally of, of, of what it is? Who wants to go? I mean, I was chilling at home. Not much changed for me during the pandemic because I'm like inside. Right? You know what? I'm going to cut you off right there. I, I got to do some introductions here. We can't just oh, yeah, jump, yeah. jump right into it like that. So let's start sure. where you and I met. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to set it up for you. Okay. So all right. Yeah. You guys all know E-League, right? We won season two of the Counter-Strike E-League uh, competition by Turner. This is the man that put that together. Right, so you've been in gaming yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah, well, before it was like before we sold to William Morris and the Aqua hired us. Like we were in like 2008, trying to convince brands like this is the spot to be, and they would just remember and be like, "Who is that crazy guy talking about watching video games for fun?" Like, let's call that guy. Yeah, obviously, and then that got to you know sell to William Morris, get to William Morris. What do you want to do? Let's create a TV show, like off rip. And I think it was like eight months later, you know. Or at CES with you, where you're qualifying through season one. So yeah, um, which was which was great. And actually, so we had met uh, Chris and I had met. Um, I was a fan of Ink Master, mm-hmm. and my wife was like, "Hey, uh, you should uh, you should probably meet Chris. You guys would probably be really good friends." And I'm like, "Sure, well, I'll go get a tattoo by him." And then we just like that, you're like, "Yeah, let me go." No, wait, I got to get on the list, right? It's- oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was gonna make it happen, you know me. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I, "We'll find a way, right?" Uh-huh. And uh, although it was work, like his, like you know, it, it was like he has a shooting schedule and everything else. But he eventually got me in, and um, I, I guess we became friends. Yeah, you, you were the guy. You, you also put the the first phase uh, partnership with WME IMG, right? You're the, yeah, you made that happen. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I hooked them up with their manager as well, who was actually uh, also Kid Rock's manager. Um, at the time, Lee Trink, Lee Trink, yeah. So Lee was repping some other people, yeah. And so the, you put the Lee Trink thing, yeah, together. yeah. So so the the uh, head of music for WME, yeah, had known Lee and is like, can you do anything for Lee? He really wants to get into esports. I go, well, yeah, I'll deliver him the number one, yeah, next to Optic, of course. Yeah, my uh, man, thank uh, you, thank you for saying that. Just course, cleared it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, I saved myself there. Uh, <clears throat> I will give you the you know the, the number one brand. Well, we never had to rep you because you're so good with brands yourself. And so, you know, you didn't need us. No, I did. I um, did. You should have asked. If you, I would have been if, like, yeah. If you say so. But I said, well, how can you do it better than the best? I don't know. But yeah. So then I said, all right, well, I introduced Lee and I just told them, this is your guy. Like, you need to hire this guy. Yeah. And it was like literally in five minutes, you know, he was hired. I just so. I just interviewed Lee Trank for a different show that I'm doing. And what an impressive dude. What yeah. an impressive dude. And the way that he's been moving in this space, too, yeah. is, like, commendable. The The dude just uh, owns it. He does. Right? Yeah, he just owns it. You know, he just knows his place. 
and fucking owns it. And he's been delivering for phase like no one I've ever seen in the space, man. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like it's it, you you see a phase hoodie in Colombian rap artists. You know what right. I mean? You see a face clan on Sports Illustrated. Like this dude's making the moves that needed to be made. And look, somebody had to clutch up. Right. right. Like no one was clutching up until you know until he came along and did something like that. So please continue. Yeah, so okay, so you know what? Since you introed me, then I'll tell you how we met. So we go down, he does this whole tattoo. He says, What do you want? I want like a you know, a tiger tattoo. So I have this tiger tattoo on my arm. He goes, Well, I also so int- introduce him. Introduce yeah, well, him. It's, of course Chris Nunez. Like, I mean he needs a man that needs no introduction. Need no introduction. Right? right. So so as he's yeah, tattooing me as he's tattooing me, I'm telling about what I do what I'm about to break with E League. Like it's about to come out. And I see him kind of, he's real inquisitive about gaming at this time, at this point. And, you know, as he's tattooing, I'm putting him on to d- different ways to distribute content and all these other things and art and sort of how we saw video gaming. And before I knew it, at the end of the tattoo, it's an expensive tattoo. Obviously, anybody that knows tattooing, is this is a big piece, right? So he's like, yeah, no charge. One day you and I are going to make a lot of money together. Mm-hmm. And, and my joke is that you should have charged me. Like, yeah. <laughs> you ain't shitting. Pro- right, pro- <laughs> probably should because he didn't know the emotional roller coaster he was about to go on yeah. becoming my friend. Yeah. Um, Look, so, goosebumps. Yeah, I got goosebumps again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, so You're a goosebump kind of guy. I am, I am, only in special moments. But Lily was right. We became uh, Lily. my wife, okay. uh, of course. Yeah, so my wife Lily, sorry, audience, uh, was correct. We did become... Uh, really good friends, probably closer than Chris would have liked, uh, which sort of led us uh, to where we are today. And we did, yeah. but, but he was also part of E League season one. He just couldn't make it. But Chris Garver made it and did the tattoo uh, from. It's the sniper rifle that is on. I can't think of the map in. Um, in CS:GO. In CS:GO, it's one got of the, the ops, wings. The dragon. It's, the it's, dragon. It's got, no, no, it's got the. It's on the map. It's it's the it's from where they pulled off the four snipes. Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, 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 Zira, Cold Zira, Cold Zira, Cold Zira so, sniper. So he play. tattooed. Yeah. that's so Garber ends up tattooing the Cold Zira on Cold Zira. Oh, right. But Chris, why don't you tell us why why couldn't you make it to E League season one? Because I am the proud father of a beautiful daughter and a beautiful son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but my daughter at the time was how many years ago was this? Oh, this is what four, four or five, five years. Yeah. So we're talking two and a half or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in my arms and she was sick, and she had what the doctors called hand, mouth, and foot. So kids get it; it's not an adult thing. But my daughter was sick, burning with fever. I hold her in my arms, and she sneezes into my face. Like it was a perfect storm. She sneezed this way as I was answering somebody's question this way. So my mouth was open, my eyes were open, and her entire sickness, that is only a childhood sickness, went into me. Long story short. This was my entrance to gaming, right? I was super jazzed. I gave this fucking guy a free tattoo to get there. And uh, so this thing, I got it. So my hands and my feet all turned bright, bright red and started peeling. So now I'm laying in the bed with my daughter that's going through the same thing. And uh, when I tell you it's one of the most painful things I've ever felt, it's like walking on shards of glass because you have to get to the bathroom. It got to the point one day where I crawled but your hands feel the same and all of your skin comes off to like the very last layer. To the nerves. To the very last bit. You're just pink meat. Yeah. So Tobe called me and I was like, buddy, I don't think I got to pull out. I don't think I can do it. So he was like, well, what do you got? We, we were already committed. And I was like, well, let me get Garver. You know, Garver will do it for you, whatever. And they already... You know, like they had a relationship yeah. in a way. First, I said, "Let me see your hands," and you sent me a picture. I was I like, have it "Can't the be that bad." And I was like, "Lord of mercy!" Like, <laughs> Lord of mercy. My hands were just falling off. Yeah. Now, interesting, you know, 
fan fact for people that were Ink Master viewers, I still had to do the finale. No. So I had to get on a plane where looking like Michael Jackson looking crazy with gloves, with gloves on. Gloves on, yeah. Right? My, I was told by the doctors I wasn't contagious anymore and I was just going to be in a lot of pain. And I went and I shot the finale with my hands on the table the whole time like this. When I lifted my hand up during a break to grab my water to grab something. Blood. No, an entire piece of my skin was oh, just Lord. like. Oh, Lord. And Dave Navarro was sitting next to me. He's a germaphobe like crazy. He's and like, at one point, I got up to go do something. I was like, oh. And I put my hand on his shoulder, and this dude bugged out. <laughs> Just bugged, what are you doing to yeah, me? Yeah. You know what I mean? It was the funniest, like, out of love, but it was funny. But that was the kind of whole inspiration or catalyst, and that was the crazy part of the story. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. Like, what, what's your story? I mean, I know it. <clears throat> Obviously, a lot of people watching this know this, but just for those who don't, tell us. I grew up in... Uh, in South Florida, I grew up right on County Line Road between Dade and Broward. And back at that time, there was a couple of kids that moved into my neighborhood. I was always the youngest kid. Everybody was four or five years older than me. And at that time, kids, we used to play in the streets. Cause I'm an old man. So we get to be in the streets until the lights came on. Yeah. You know what I mean? There wasn't, yeah. there, that was that time. Let me explain that. At around nine o'clock or when the sun goes down, the street lights go up, right? That means that it's dark. That means that you as a kid, the rule is, we don't have phones, we don't have watches. Like kids need to be. You like, report. The lights go on. Time to report to mom and dad. Yep. Otherwise, you get your ass beat. It's been. It's. I think it's a cultural. I think it's just like a worldwide thing, right? Because I had that in, in Juarez, Mexico. Uh, I didn't abide by it, obviously, because I'm right. a, I'm a rebel. Uh, make more noise than heavy metal. Look at you. <laughs> this, 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 right through with the woo. All right. Always. So please continue. So I started. Uh, I started noticing cardboard, right? And I started seeing cardboard bombed. We had a couple of kids from New York that moved down and they were cardboard doing graffiti. Bombed. Cardboard all tagged and okay. painted with big throw ups and graffiti. all kinds of stuff from graffiti yeah. back in those days and kids spinning on their backs and doing all this break dancing. And I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. So by the time I was like eight or nine, I was already immersed in what was a New York City culture. And yeah. I started to learn about graffiti and Lees and all this old cultural stuff, wearing your silky with a tank top over the top and getting your breakdance crew mm -hmm. with letters going downwards, down the side. My grandma was a seamstress, so she used to take my pants apart and put two different colorways together for our crew, fat shoelaces, all that. But it all came from kids that moved into my neighborhood from the city, from New York City. Mm -hmm. And we started learning that. So by sixth grade, I was full on painting. Yeah. You know, at sixth grade, I was doing everybody's folders in school. I was one of our crew that was yeah. doing girls' folders and selling folders to dudes and whatever, doing all the art. And we got to painting. And so that painting led me through high school. But in about ninth or tenth grade, I started noticing tattoo magazines. And in the neighborhood I grew up in, there was a biker house next door to me. And they were doing tattoos on the porch. Mm. And nobody would say shit in the neighborhood because they were that way. But we had bikers in one house. We had a Dominican family, we had a Puerto Rican family, like we were completely a melting pot in our neighborhood. So we got all flavors coming in. So I started taking tattoo imagery and I started putting it into my graffiti. Mm. And then I started relearning how to get away from drawing graffiti and start learning how to draw for tattooing because mm. graffiti, a lot of it, they're so tight, the little bits, the little 3Ds, the tight little sections, those don't last in skin. So now I'm like, okay, I want to learn to Even tattoo. nowadays? Like now nah, they'll still, you'll, you'll get, you know, if you put in a bold outline, it's going to run together. Mm. Over time, like these were super thin line, lines yeah. when I started. And now. Yeah, skin expands thick. as you get fatter, skinnier. Older. Yeah, yeah. So. Older. I like older better than fatter. Yeah. yeah. Older, better. Um, 
Fatter so, for me. God damn it. So, so all of that came into play, and I started really taking on to tattooing. So at 18, I graduated high school. I lost my father. I was supposed to go to college, and I said, fuck it. I'm going to go be a tattoo apprentice. And everyone was like, no, nah, you're crazy. You're throwing your life away. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. Family's mad. Friends are, you know, whatever. I don't care. Mm. I'm going. Yeah. And today I'm sitting here on your podcast. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? It was like tattooing and I traveled the world to learn. It took me 11 years. I lived out of a, a suitcase traveling to Europe, traveling to Brazil, fearless, no internet yet. You know what I mean? It was like, you want to learn, you go here, you go there. I learned, I worked at some of the best shops in Florida, mm -hmm. traveled the country and then traveled the world. How does, how does, uh, for, for those who are aspiring tattoo artists, because there's a, the thing about gaming that you need to understand is that gaming is, 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 is the connector of many different, right cultural backgrounds and interests and all that right so uh, as, as much as i'm a gamer like i relate with a lot of people through fishing i relate with a lot of people with you know what i'm saying like that right. that sort of thing so for those who are watching how does one become like this world renowned uh, of, of a tattoo artist like did, did you go in competitions like well, submissions through magazines like how, how does how did that how did your journey start it's a it's a very different world but i would always say you need a passport like straight up, because the internet will take you anywhere from the comfort of your home. But for me, the idea of going to Europe and seeing Caravaggio paintings and seeing big, beautiful fountains and statues, that all influenced my work to a way that I can't get the same influence in a picture. Sure, it's beautiful in the picture, but when you could be there and then you could go to the cafe and grab a drink or eat the food, and then you could meet somebody from the area that night and go out and then go tattoo those folks tomorrow, it puts soul into it. So mm. you can always replicate something, but it's never gonna sound solid. It's not gonna be like this table of the wood. It's gonna be hollow in the middle because you're just copying a picture. But when you can make that picture a part of your life, mm -hmm. then it becomes solid. And that's your foundation for your art. Mm -hmm. And then how do you become as popular as you did? I, I, I mean- I got lucky. I mean, literally, like, you know, we were, we were a group of guys. We had all started doing our apprenticeships on South Beach at Tattoos by Lou. And we were a crew that had Chris Garver, that had Ami, that had everything, it wasn't cast. Ami and I were always out at night. We were super nightlife guys. Ami was like a very nightlife guy because he would party organize, door, mm. do all that shit. So he was really, and then I was his man, so I was at every, every night we were out. So a production company came, a guy came to Ami one day and was like, hey, I got this idea and I want to do it this way. And Ami said, well, I got the dudes. What's the deal? They hit it off after being in the nightlife and everything else. And then with a little bit of my street savvy, we organized Miami Inc. We were able to rent the spot that was an existing shop. We mm -hmm. refaced it. And three days before we started shooting, we were in there busting our ass to turn it into our shop because I was like, if we're going to do this, let's at least own it. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Instead of giving it all away. Yeah. And so we had that portion of it. And uh, that began the whirlwind of, of, what tattoo television turned into yeah that's that's uh crazy. i do remember watching miami inc uh and then what was it? ink masters after i, I yep. didn't I, I think i stopped after my miami inc just life got in the way and and whatever but uh at some point in my life i'm like I, maybe i would like to be a tattoo uh, a tattoo artist but i'm like man i'm not that good actually so i, I better not look one thing flat surface 
not moving, not a living, breathing thing, always moving, like sneezes, like obviously exactly. like that, that. That's what made me like afraid uh, to, to, to explore that. So uh, I, I did, I was obviously watching. So I've known, I've known about you for like as long as I can remember. Uh, to give you an example, uh, Mario, who works here at the Hex Quarters, who's the godfather of Olivia and I'm godfather to his son, uh, he moved here when I moved here. Well, a year after I moved to Texas, he moved down here from, from uh, Illinois as well. And earlier today, we were waiting in the lot in this little area where I have the pictures, and we're talking. And my dude walks in, and he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, because he saw cameras and all that. And he's like, oh shit, right? And he's like, hey, hey, hey. And he was just gonna walk in, mind his own business, right? Because we always, we're always recording, and he just, you know, does his own thing. And I'm like, wait, wait, this is uh, this is Toby Sherman. That's my that's my boy. And before I even got a chance to look at this, dude looks up, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, dude, but I was like, I watch him. Can I shake your hand again? Tur turns red. Has like this this ten minute conversation with, with with Chris, and then he's like, "Dude, let me shake your hand again, man," and then fucking takes off, right? Uh, but again, like you, you, your your name, your art, like all that has always been, I, I think, a part of like our sort of culture. Like it's it's, it's like, how do I say it? I, I always say like I didn't grow up having superheroes, right? Aside from Thundercats and 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 Lionel. Masters of the Universe. Who was your favorite Thundercat, real quick? Lionel. Lionel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Panthro had the nunchucks though. Yeah, like, they were dope. Yeah, Panthro's cool. You couldn't find Panther in the story. No, Panther's cool, but I'm I'm a leader, Lionel. dude. You yeah. know, I got. I had Lionel too. You know what I mean? But I, I grew up having you know my superheroes were Wu Tang, right? My superheroes were like the the, the graffiti writers that, that that I looked up to, right? So like I I think uh, I've always known about you, and then when when this guy. Uh, this guy's connected in more ways than, than one. So like any single time that he's like, I know this person, like, I'm not surprised anymore. I was like, one day he's like, hey, literally, did I call you or did you call me? Which which time? Th this last time to do the show. I called you. Okay. He calls me. I obviously pick up because I always pick up when it's Toby. And immediately he's like, hey, uh, we're doing a show. We want to interview you. It's called Tastemakers. We're going to be there two weeks from now. I'm like, oh fucking let me look at my schedule like done and here you are literally two weeks ago i know i know well so this fool goes ahead and now he starts executive producing mm -hmm. so he's he's got a show coming out on netflix that he executive produced so he's coming from in front of the camera to behind the camera a spot i've always enjoyed thoroughly yeah and he's like come on we're gonna go to the show together and i'm like i was saying to you earlier i was like nothing really changed for me during COVID. i amazon everything in i'm like yeah. in my compound i got my games my son whatever we go out you know vegas can be a tough town if if you you know shout out to ace uh, by the way yeah shouts out yeah. to my son ace he's gonna go he's gonna go nuts that you did that but um <laughs> you know i try to stay in and just live a normal suburban life in vegas mm -hmm. um you know some golf here and there but he's like let's get out of the house i want to go do this show and I want to really feature, you know, artists and tastemakers, and I want to do it in gaming also. Okay. And so he actually pitched me the gaming side of it, and I was like super reluctant um, at first because I knew that you know it's it's that's a big commitment, and this side of the camera is you know in a lot of ways way more difficult than you know when you're have the safety of an office and a board meeting and direction and all this stuff as an executive producer. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, but it, it, it was like the best experience ever. So the first person, you were the like top of my mind. I was like, hey, well, we have to get Hector. If we get Hector, we can do the show, right? And then another cast of great characters had fallen in. Um, uh, can you talk place. about them? Yeah, I just I'm not sure at what point we're going to air uh, the episode. So yeah. some, but you're the first esports one anyway, or maybe not, depending on how this one comes out. But uh, 
So we have obviously Fwiz uh, from YouTube Gaming, right? And there's a the great thing about about Fwiz about Ryan is, um, as you know uh, more than anybody, you know he came from the space. It wasn't some executive that that pretended to know it or yeah. ha- had to learn it. They actually coming from there in Machinima days. I love the stuff he was doing at Machinima, and you know watched his career grow and grow and grow. And then uh, more uh, also uh, uh, Rishi. Mm-hmm. Um, so from, brother. from Twitter, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's great. Um, uh, and on the art side, I mean, just a, an amazing, you know, every from Hal Nazem, uh, Pat's crew, um, Ron English. I, there's so many just to name because he's got just this wonderful roster of, yeah. of, of artists, uh, as well. So I think we picked, um, like season one has an amazing, this group of people yeah. that are true tastemakers. Yeah, you, you, and, and explain that, the Tastemakers, what, what is that about? So Tastemakers was really looking to prolific people in their field, right? And people that we, for me, people that I grew up looking at that I've always admired and heroes. And luckily, I got to meet a lot of the ones that we see this season in the past, right? In throughout the time of crossing, you know, having different shows, different things, different events, different activities in life. These are all friends you know so the one person that i didn't know that was overwhelming to me and a huge hero was alex gray Mm -hmm. so that's you know based on a spiritual stuff that i do spiritual work and you know different things that i've done in my life getting to see this guy's paintings and seeing him and his wife allison's body of work was mind-blowing to me and to everybody our whole crew i mean everybody stood in front of these paintings like it was a revelation yeah you know, so to see that, to see work from How and Nazem, to see work from Tats Crew, to have shot Tats Crew with How and Nazem together 12 years ago at the pun murals that they did and at the Graffiti Hall of Fame, you know, that for us to be here now and see them together but split fine art careers, you know, like all these different things that have happened in their life, children, like so many things have happened for everybody. It's beautiful. But Tastemakers is literally, it's that thing. And for me, the idea of gamers, right? And the idea of the art that goes into gaming and the idea of somebody having that idea, right, is art. So I look at everything in life as art. Same. And I think it's so important that we celebrate those things. And there was nobody better in the world that could take me on that journey than Toby. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Toby, listen, let's just, let's do this. You know what I mean? You show me your world, I'll show you mine. So I've gotten to show him into what I've been in love with my whole life. And just within this 10-day span, 12-day span that we've been shooting, he's a complete art aficionado. He's been with the best. He's learned. He's seen it all upside down. He's got a million ideas. It's blown his mind. And that's what I want out of gaming for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now it's like, okay, blow my mind. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, because I think the worlds, the environments, the competition, uh, the lifestyle, the 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 pro of it. You know what I mean? The the casual user and the engagement because I watch my kids do it. Like I I want to know. You know I don't want to be that lost old man in the corner like ah mm. what yeah, you know. Yeah. So for me it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see you have a compound like this, all based on a passion. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, it's it's uh, I, I've gotten super lucky as well, right? Like I, a lot of people don't like to give luck credit because they feel like it diminishes their own hard work. Mm. But, you know, like think about the amount of people that work their asses off and don't get lucky and don't get that lucky break. Like it is 100 percent. Look, putting yourself in a position to be a first mo- mover is, is, is one thing. But having the luck to be able to be at the right place at the right time is like the it's there. It, it, yeah, it's the craziest. And look, yeah, it's 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 uh it's as much taking advantage of an opportunity as it is making your own luck, right? Like luck is is a thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like you have to be able to recognize the opportunity and get lucky in the execution of uh, of that idea. Um, so so far, run English. Which one's been your favorite so far? I mean, besides me, which one's uh, been your favorite? <clears throat> and you guys can have. I mean, no, look. yeah. I mean, look, it's I like them for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so I could like, and it's been just crazy. I don't want to spoiler alert the show or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's been other guests that have popped up that we didn't know were going to show mm-hmm. that I knew from the music industry years back, and I've been telling him about because of their unique tattoos. Yeah. And um, I just, I just want to tell the story. So no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's but save he, it. Yeah, but he ends up uh, meeting him finally, and I said, "Look, these are the tattoos I've been telling you about." But anyway, um, so you know, I think favorite. Uh, I was first introduced to this art world from Chris going um, actually out on the streets in Miami, and him showing me murals, and then. That led to uh, so Hal Nazem. Hal Nazem was my first sort of like here mm-hmm. look, mm-hmm. you know. And then I learned from them like to have a dialogue with the work. So Chris has a piece in his house where every time I walk past it, I see something new, mm-hmm. right? And if anybody that's familiar with their work can I like sort of identify with that, right? They can they know what I'm talking about because it is so unique and there's so much in there to see that you can see it as a whole. But when you start to get you know, really into it, you can say, oh, wow, I didn't notice this little detail mm-hmm. or that little detail. And so, you know, that's why I was even, you know, trying to get you to come out for a lot of this as well, because I know you're the perfect sort of conduit between gaming and everything we're doing with the show on the other side, whether mm-hmm. it's the street art or, uh, you know, apparel, whatever it is, you've really taken your passions and and made those shine. And so, um, you know, what I can tell you, though, is at some point we can definitely get you get you uh out with these guys because i know what a fan what a fan you are but, yeah, yeah yeah you know you're a tastemaker yourself and, and the only thing i like about really the show is it's not about us we're not the tastemakers we get to interview the tastemakers yeah. and i think that's amazing because i get to learn he gets to learn yeah yeah i mean that's that's what i do right like i curate people for my audience that i think that would be interested or interesting for them to to take a look at so when you guys came i'm like wait time out. i'm like i, I don't want to sort of hijack the day but i'm like i'm gonna be pissed off later on if i don't ask you guys to do a podcast right so i was like yo do you guys want to do a podcast because awesome. be, you know we, we can do an hour knock it out and then go go hang out so i'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that i did because look as much as i like interviewing and as much as they like to watch people from the industry that they are fans of or whatever like i do like to curate people that are also on the business side on the art side like on sports I've, I've interviewed a bunch of professional athletes and and those obviously are the ones that you get more interest in right because it's such a such a different world that you come come from right like the business the the, the art world to me it's it's a this is these are the type of podcasts that i'm most interested in just simply because it is my absolute interest like as you can see it's there's not one thing that defines me. you don't see just fishing fishing shit up there right like right. you see just uh 
culture shock of just absolutely fucking garbage everywhere. Gorgeous. Yeah. And to, look, to me, it's a, it's I, I don't I don't know where I would be mentally if I didn't have these things to look at. Uh, and it may seem like it's all out of place, but it's all meaningful <laughs> to me. If you combined our brains, this is what you would have. If you combine yeah. Chris and I's hemispheres, like this is it right here. Yeah. So well, tastemakers is a lot like that because we broke every rule. Yeah. We're not doing anything. Like we didn't walk into your door and do like cribs episode. Hey, yeah. Hector, nice to you know what I mean? We're not doing anything. So we're doing something that's completely on a business side for me, trying to break the mold. Yeah. Because I've been part of a system since Miami till, you know, finishing Ink Master and now coming here. How many how many episodes did you do on, on all of those? Well over like three hundred. 300 episodes Over. how long have you been on like on tv doing that like the i don't know what year decade, we started 10 years isn't it yeah did my meeting start in 96 i want to say you're 10 you're well here's the thing years. so there's similarities in our worlds right in your guys world separate from my world in that way yeah you guys are kids are looking up to you in gaming in all these ways you know how old I feel when all these people are like, yo, I grew up watching your show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'll have kids that roll up now that are 22, whatever. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, yo, I remember back in the day. I used to, it's like I've raised, we've raised yeah. myself and yeah. you know, the people with me, my, our teams, but we've raised, you know, a generation or two Yeah. in the time that we've collectively been on television. It's like, holy shit, man. So, you know, watching gaming turn into what it turned into, watching tattooing turned into what it turned into, and seeing this aspiration for art, this aspiration for gaming, this aspiration for competitiveness, they're parallel universes, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And now what we're doing is a full-on intersection of two different worlds colliding and really trying to bring it together. You know what I mean? Not that it didn't already, but for us to show my respective side to see this side and his respective side to see my side, why not? Because now if this interests somebody to go see an artist or to go look into you or to, you know, whatever it is, great. We're creating more awareness for good things, right? We're not bringing, we're not bringing you bad taste and, and, and negativity. We're yeah. bringing you all positivity and creation Yeah. for you to be inspired from the people you see. Yeah. What's better than that? Nothing, not nothing. I don't, I don't think, and, and yet just like you, obviously like a bunch of people grew up watching us. Right. And now when I see people are like, I was watching when I was 13 years old and these like it's grown like, men that yeah. sometimes, sometimes I'm doing business with them. I'm right. like, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Right. It, 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 it ages you in a good way. Right. Because you, you know that they've been there from the beginning. Uh, I think, I think the, the amount of people that have been sort of, uh, sort of more open about gaming and, and, and what it is because, you know, up until a very specific point in time in the last couple of years, gaming was, still gaming it was still nerdy it was still like that sort of thing and it wasn't until it sort of started to transcend it wasn't until professional athletes were you know playing and, and being open about about playing that it became acceptable right i was like wait i i, I game too right? right like the day that i bought my, my first gaming system ever I, I just moved in to to my first apartment with my girlfriend my wife now and we were at costco and i'm like i'm gonna buy this xbox and it had Call of Duty too. She's like, "You're gonna buy a what? A fucking Xbox?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "You're not. Why? Don't waste your five hundred bucks. You, you, that's gonna sit there collecting dust, Hector." Is what she said. And usually, you know, I, I listen to her, right? But this time was the, the one time where I'm like, "I don't know. There's something about Call of Duty that I just want because I tested it at GameStop, so I bought it, and obviously it, it changed my life, right?" But she's like, "You're." You're an outdoors guy. You love fishing. You love camping. You're a graffiti writer for fuck's sake. Right. And you like 
work in a corporate environment where the where is the gamer nerd thing coming from and she didn't say it like that but you know it's like and it just became a thing right which is why i'm saying like gaming is just something that we have in common fatherhood is another thing that i have in common with a lot of our fans right? a lot of members of the green wall uh when i announced that i was launching a cannabis business the amount of people that hit me up they're like yo grew up watching you i'm a grower yo grew up watching i'm i own a dispensary yo grew up like i yeah it's insanity to me right yeah. the fishing thing was like that they even the biggest mind blow to to everybody else and you you yourself are a bass fisherman love it um but yeah it's, i think i think it's it's more about how many how many different topics can you relate with somebody on right luckily for me i'm 41 years old i grew up in the 90s the best era for absolutely Ever. everything yep. sports music i mean you name it games video games, games. yeah i, like I mean well, I, think, I, th I think the 80s were pretty damn 80s good too. Well, i mean I was, yeah. I, was a, I, was a, I was a toddler in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Sorry. You missed the gaming revolution, but that's good. We love that because you get to learn now. But it's funny because like all three of us, I think, have done things our own way, mm -hmm. definitely. Chris has the idea to continue to sort of forge ahead. We like to do firsts, uh, always have with Foundry, and that's why we left WME, um, you know, because we wanted to keep innovating and keep pushing. And so but what's ironic is— What's Foundry? Oh, so Foundry's our company. After so after we left, so we sold our agency, started the agency, sold that, obviously. And the agency was? Uh, that was Global Esports Management. And it was, a, it was a marketing it was, agency? It was, it was a, yeah, we represented talent. So, okay, so how it happened was I watched Entourage. Totally true story. I watched Entourage, and I was inspired by that show. And this goes to show that anybody can really do anything because I'm not that smart of an individual. So I watch Entourage, and I'm like, I want to do that in esports. And at the time... I won't mention the player, but uh, he had completely broken a contract and uh, in a terrible way because this team had paid a lot of money for him. It was in StarCraft 2. It was sort of on, you know, eSports 2.0 and things are getting recognition. I thought, OK, see, the player needs representation, which will also also help the team. So there needs to we need to bring in some more professionalism so that kind of thing doesn't happen, because if that keeps happening, and at the time, you had a lot of tournaments like not paying out as well. And if there's no repercussions, we're never going to evolve, right? So to me, it was like, well, I that Ari Gold character is super interesting to me, right? Like that's the guy I like the best from the, the show Entourage. So I was Boom. like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So then when Ari actually called me years later, years, and by the way, that's the romantic side. Nobody hears that like we were down to, I had like no personal money left. I think I had like five thousand dollars in my account before we got this big consulting deal that sort of saved us and then that allowed me to expand to like three offices worldwide one in korea one in uh germany as well as one in miami and then ari calls and is like the real Ari. the real ari ari emmanuel calls and says hey and i didn't really believe it was him at first i thought somebody was messing with me yeah and he's like you know i i want to buy your agency we're gonna do an aqua hire and you can do whatever you want you won't have to answer to anybody which like, who says no to that, right? Like, uh, obviously, that was an instantaneous yes. I tried to sound really cool about it, and Simon says I sounded cool, but it was really me freezing in fear, not trying to ice him. Like, what? Like, this is crazy. This moment is nuts. So, <laughs> you know, and then from there, I, I remember people telling me, like, well, you're not a lawyer. You're not an agent. You don't know how to do it. So it was like, fake it till you make it. And then one of the agents, one of the biggest agents, I don't wanna, I won't blow him up, but one of the biggest agents, William Morris, I told this story to, and he looked at me and he goes, I'm still fake it till you make it. And you're talking about this is like the biggest agent next to Ari in the world said that. So, you know, very humble. It was a great experience. And then, um, but it, it proves that like if you're passionate about something, like gaming took me around the world. I know it took you around too. Like I remember your first trip to London, you know, you tweeted out 
that and that came from gaming right like so everything yeah but i think having the bravery to kind of it's, it's a recurring thing we we hear through the show too is just having the bravery to take the chance, take the risk, knowing there's going to be bumps in the way, but still forging ahead. You mentioned it. You're like you're like the most fearless person I know because you fishing. All right, I'm gonna do that now. You know, and there's probably a million people that would say you shouldn't do it. You should focus on what you're good at. Well, I'm good at fishing, so let me figure that out. Mm -hmm. You had the right. You know, what was, what was the term? A job hobby. Jobby? Yeah, turning my jobs, t turning my hobbies into a jobby. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think that we can all relate to that. Yeah regardless it's the, it's, the, it's the best way to live man and look i we're, we're I, I always make it a point to to emphasize on the fact that we're not saying quit your job now right like no, that's not it start your second job now right. while you're doing your first job like don't let your like pay your bills right yeah don't risk that if you really want it you're gonna make it work by sacrificing the extra sleep you know what I mean? Sacrificing that extra two to three hours that you need. You don't, you know, obviously. So it's 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 a matter of, again, I don't think it's bravery as much as it is like instinct or gut instinct yeah. for me where like I see an opportunity and whether I'm heavily involved, which I'm more often than not not involved that much, uh, I still want to be a part of it, right? So whether it's from an advising standpoint or whether it's an investment standpoint, like optic is everything to me. Like I, 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 I don't see myself doing anything else besides optic for the rest of my life. I just love it, right? It is the thing that changed my life. It is the thing that I fought very hard to to sort of get back when I lost it. Um, so for me, like there's everything else that I do is 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 not as important, but it's important enough for me to to care about it. But if you look at at my schedule, like 99.999% of everything that I do is optic related. I saw an opportunity in cannabis, right? Uh, and I said, well, you know, no one's gonna do it. I, someone's gonna do it, might as well be me. You know what I mean? Same thing with fishing. I helped a lot, I helped some, some of my friends build one of the most exciting brands, period, just in brand in general. But, you know, a, a disruptor of the space in the fishing space, just kinging shit, right? Like they literally are taking over. But for me, it's like, all right, like I'm helping friends, but at the same time, like I'm, I get to say that I'm involved and I am, right? I, I, I do a lot of advisory work for many different things where that don't take up a lot of time, but at least I get to say I'm involved and I'm like involved at, at, the, at the highest level of involvement without sacrificing a lot of time on the things that, that, that I operate on a daily basis. Uh, and what that just stems from is my ADD, right? Like it's, uh, I'll, uh, to some people is is not is, is it, it how do I say it it's uh it it's a little bit of uh how do how do I say it? I'm losing my words because of my ADD oh, I get it I get it because I do the same thing like tastemakers dehabilitating every day. right yeah, right to some people to me it's a superpower. superpower you know what I mean I get it I have the same situation like I you can ask him. We're in a signal group chat together, and I've come up with 15 different names for the show, 15 different other shows. We had we had taste takers for cultural appropriation. We had, you know, all of my I, – every day I think of a new name as a joke. But yeah. It's, but I have to put it in there because it's like my mind has to get this yeah. this stuff out. He created a monster as soon as he, he brought me out, but I think that was sort of the intention. But I hope it, I hope I was right. I mean, yeah, we'll <laughs> see, right, one way or the other. All but. right, so give me – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a quick break, not to cut you off, and then we can get back to it. I'm going to say hello to the sponsors really quickly. We have Credit Karma coming back for a fifth week in a row. Certainly appreciate their support. Uh, Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With Credit Karma money, spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits, right? What, what service out there – 
rewards you for spending things on things that need to be spent on, right? Like things that you want, food, uh, groceries. I mean, you, you get the point. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win uh, cash reimbursements for making purchases, right? Nothing has to change. Your spending habits can stay the same, whether it's your daily purchases, weekly purchases, monthly purchases. This gives you at times instant karma cash right back at you just pay with your debit card and if you win you'll be notified on the spot your instant karma cash will be added back into your spend account credit karma money has already given away over three million dollars in instant karma to over fifty thousand credit karma members and counting open your fdic insurance spend account for free there's no minimum balance at all uh there's no uh overdraft fees there are free withdrawals from a network of over fifty thousand atms so Think about that. Every single time you show up to an ATM, it's a, it's a, it's a wheel of roulette, right? It's a roulette. You don't know if you're going to be paying $3, $5, or $7 if you're if you're using their service. This, over 50,000 ATMs in a network that will allow you to get free withdrawals, right? And when you make a purchase between July 1st and July 23rd, you'll be automatically entered into a draw to win $1 million, right? Credit Karma Money progress starts here. And right now, if you visit creditkarma.com slash W-I-N-M-O-N-E, that's win money, to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com, win money, to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. All right, that is credit karma for those people in the back. Second time, go to creditkarma.com slash W-I-N-M-O-N-E-Y. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Who else? Who else is sponsoring the podcast? Who else is clutching up this week to sponsor the podcast? Wealth Front for the first time ever. Shout out to them, guys. You guys know what to do. When we have a new sponsor, you guys go down there to the link in the description. You click that link and you say, hello, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealth Front investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade in visual stocks underperform the market every single year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor. Right? If you're doing it alone, team up with Wealthfront instead and get some help. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or, you're been, or you've been investing for a very, very long time, years, decades, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Right? Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in just minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all of the investment-based preferences you control. Wealthfront can help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. Think about that. Right? For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual cost of 0.25% advisory fee, best of all. It's automatic. You don't have to do anything. It does it for you. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com forward slash hacks, H3CZ. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. Right, get your first five thousand management. Uh, get your first five thousand dollars managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com/hex. That's H three C Z. That's W E A L T H F O R N T dot com slash A three C Z to start growing your savings. Wealthfront.com/hex. Get started today.
Huge shout out to them, man. Thank you. Hope you hope you hope they come back on the next one. All right. All right. So again, huge uh, shout out to Credit Karma and Wealthfront. Um, all right. So g- going back to the tastemaker stuff and ADD. Uh, how, do you suffer from that? Do you find your imagination just obviously as an artist just takes you like all over the place, or are you good at focusing and just isolating one project? I see. For me, it's been a really weird kind of run. But in the last five years, my brain's completely changed. And I see everything in compartments, but I know every single way that each compartment functions. Mm-hmm. So I can see everything and I know how everything is. And now it's getting all the other moving parts to to align, right? So the exterior parts, the parts in the physical world, yeah. whether it be partnerships, whether it be whatever. But I actually, for the first time in my life, see everything crystal clear. So it's been a very, business-wise, it's yeah. been very fortunate and then direction i'm very direct i no longer i guess before i used to try to appease people or be like hey no maybe you know no i don't i'm still there a little bit i think i can't do it anymore i don't have that that way so now i have to say that hey it's this way but that's the way Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i'm sure of certain things and what i'm not sure of i don't speak on but the things i'm sure of i no longer hold back Mm. i say it and i mean it and take it or leave it but that's the truth yeah, he I, suffers from my ADD, though. Yeah. He suffers from, you, from his ADD. Yeah. He suffers from my ADD. Yeah, because you're like, let's go here. No, right. let's do this. I, I think I think uh, creativity, as I, I think I tweeted about this, or so the boys having fun. They Love just it. They're in between practice. Um, they're, they're used to it, so don't let them no, don't let them distract you. Shut the fuck up! They don't care. You're a good uh, boss. Uh, <laughs> you're t- uh, Dude, no, it's not even that. I, 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 the, the number one thing that I've learned about being a leader and being like the, uh, the head of a company <clears throat> is that you can take two approaches to this thing, right? You can be the one that tells people what to do or you're the one that shows people how to do things. Mm. And that's the approach I've always taken, right? Like I, I, I started vlogging and creating daily content because I wanted to prove to two of my players that they, could, that they too could do it and compete at the same time. Mm. So I led by example, right? And, and, and more than... More often than not, I'm learning from them more than that because they're the ones that are like in tune with everything. And then I'll just apply and put it through my machine and then just like spit out whatever comes out. But what, one of the things that I talked about is that my, 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 biggest, uh, my biggest strength is also my greatest weakness, right? Like my, my creativity has allowed me to look at this space way differently than everybody else, right? And I have an advantage because I grew up in one of the coolest time periods of my life or of, of, of history right the 80s obviously growing up uh, as, a, as a kid in Juarez Mexico like I saw things differently in the 90s obviously as I mentioned at the beginning of this music art uh, sports like everything so I'm coming with like 20 years of history that I'm applying right. seeing all of the coolest shit that's ever been cool everything that people are wearing today everything that people are singing about today everything like all came from those two decades so me living those things like how many times have you seen Kangol hats or bucket hats go in and out of style right Right. right like we were there right in the 80s with yep. breakdancing as as it with kangos right and then in the 90s again with wu-tang and you know obviously all the all the east coast rappers uh obviously had the west coast and so i have that imagination that's my strength because i can imagine everything through the lens of cool and hip from everything that's being replicated now but it also is like the most thing that 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 keeps me out of my focus zone because of that very specific thing a lot of things don't get done in the time that they should be done because i'm like what if i miss a thought that's going to be like the next big thing so it's it's a struggle but you lead from a place of support yeah yeah that's how i try to yeah that's i think that's important because our team's in montreal and like so we have the color collab app 
And this was the first, like, Simon is a fucking genius. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to drop the F-bomb, but I have to because he You're deserves good. it. Like, this guy, first of all, I get a lot of credit for E-League because I had the quotes and I brokered the deal. Mm-hmm. But Simon picked Counter-Strike. And when I was like, really, we're going to put that on television? Like, how is that going to work? And he immediately spits out this whole... Well, you know, two-minute rounds, and we can advertise here and there, natural halftime. Mm-hmm. Like, he's thinking of it from how he can support me on the business side with these things so I can sell through sponsorships. And, you know, ironically, funny anecdote at the time, he's dragging me all over Miami to Christmas shop while I'm on the phone with mm-hmm. sponsors pitching brands for E-League, and he's laughing the whole time going, I can't believe video games are doing this, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was, it was kind of funny. But, um, uh, you know, that's how Simon, Simon came up with Collab, really, with Chris. And it was like, well, we're going to dedicate these resources to a coloring book. And I was like, what? Like off rip. I'm like, we're making a video. We're making an eSport ground up. Like, what do you mean? And then I stopped myself because let me give you some other examples of where Simon said we should do something. Like year one, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you want to go ahead and mine for imaginary money? This sounds great. And mm-hmm. I completely ridiculed him, right? Yeah. Which, <clears throat> thank the Lord, uh, we still, you know, forward forward uh not as much as really even i wanted to at the time but we did and then cannabis he said you know one time i remember i ridiculed him because he said cannabis will be legal in the future in the united states and he's a canadian and i'm mm-hmm. like what would you know about like yeah, never gonna happen you know we're no way and uh and look where we are today so when i i stopped myself and i thought anytime i want to ridicule simon for absolutely anything it's remember probably a, it's a north star it's the way we need to go so these two start and then the amount of stuff that you would do on like learning the tech and saying, well, why don't we change this? Because our big joke is he always says, what's your line, Chris? Stick another RAM in it. That's it. Just that's the just only like, thing he knew. Like if it I solves all problems, more memory, just stick another RAM in there, right? It's everything. Yeah. So, but it's funny. He says that, but you put him in a Tesla with the map all screwed up and it's like, I don't know. I can't get to know. And he'll go, boom, map fixed. I'm like, how'd you do that? He goes, I don't know. Like he's a savant with it. But, you know, seeing him, Oh, it's, a, it's literally one button. Just the, the, reset, the upper right. I know. That's whatever. One button savant. That's me. <laughs> one, you give him one button. He's the best one button person yeah, you meet. Pusher, uh, yeah. which, so how did Jesus. Collab end up with so many buttons? Uh, I kept asking Simon to make it more stuff, more shit. To add, to add more RAM. Because, uh, yeah, because I rammed so much shit in there <laughs> that I was like, hey, I want this to work like a pen and a pencil. Like, you want to move your black book around and yeah, spin yeah. it? You want to do this? You want to put this shading? I wanted to be able to do it. So... From an art, from a hard paper artist side, talking to a tech side where we're yeah. doing everything on a on a device or a phone, it was like, well, hey, how can we make this the realest experience that we can from an art standpoint? Do you use a, an iPad to draw? Yeah, no, Wait. I use pen and paper still. But then we yeah. imp- imp- put it in. So I've I've learned in the last year since uh, uh, Procreate came out. I, I now I, I, my process of sketching and that that, that will never change like the, the mm-hmm. relationship that my pencil has with a piece of paper God that makes my heart warm yeah it's really, like you'll never you can never get away from that right yeah and so what I do now is uh, instead of inking on the paper which I still do because that's who I am I now do the the, the I take a picture of my iPad import it and then I'll, I'll trace with ink on the thing right and then i'll come up with whatever I'll, I'll even print the outline and then use the color to color it but the actual original 
like still gets completed differently and that's the one that i end up keeping more times than none because uh now that i've gotten to be 41 and now that i've gotten to you know i got a couple of decades under me i i realized that the way that you do art the way that graffiti artists artists do art is not it's like it's not fair to the artist ever you know what i'm saying and what i mean by that for those of you watching and those of you who are graffiti writers or tattoo artists like you'll understand this more than anything when a graffiti writer and i told this on the show earlier yeah. so i'll repeat it when when a graffiti writer paints anything it's not for his it's not for him to keep you'll you'll spend 30 minutes in in front of a of a panel on a train you, you you'll be in the train yard you'll paint it and it'll be gone for you may never see it again because it'll get stopped 100 yards after that it'll get buffed and it'll disappear forever right and that is the melancholy of every graffiti writer everything that you create is for somebody else always and forever right uh you know, th this i just bought that piece of artwork from this dude named uh, Ouija who i've i've admired for a very very long time that's another thing that I think has, has set me apart from everyone. I look at everything as a fan of everything. Yeah. You know, like I look at Optic and I'm like, what would I like to see out of Entourage? Like what's the next episode of Entourage look like? And I sort of develop what I would like my team to look like yeah. through the lens of a fan, right? That's why I will always have a leg up on everybody else because while people are out there being like, yeah, you know what, I'm the star of this shit. I'm just like, yeah, but what does he want to see from the star right. of the shit? Um, way you make the crowd go wow yeah so yeah thank you no, uh yeah. so anyway so he made that and i'm like man that's such a cool piece like it's gone that's not his anymore guesser up there like he made that that's just dope that's just gone he's never gonna see that again right i mean he'll see it but he's not, not gonna own it i bought it from him you know what i mean and that to me is like so, one of the saddest things about graffiti writers and tattoo artists right like you are literally creating a piece of art out of you a piece of you is going into somebody else that you may never see again but that, think it's the ultimate train because until death your piece is running unless you fucked it up and it gets covered yeah you know what i mean so it's yeah. like it's never you, gonna get buffed no so you actually get to like put something on there like good luck buffing that yeah right i learned something <laughs> you know cool I mean? too like you said i learned something from everybody so dax dr dax big shout to dr dax in atlanta i mean this guy is atlanta he personifies atlanta right so he uh took us to the train yards there like the notes like notice how they don't go over the numbers mm -hmm. they don't graffiti over the numbers so there's a respect there right there's like a there, there, there's a i learned about the whole self self-respect right well that i mean because if you paint over the numbers then your piece gets buffed but right so you're you're not oh yes the the train workers get to see you know obviously their job's easier because they can identify the right. the, the numbers right but it's not vandalism do you know i mean it's yeah. not like you're doing it as a vandal like that was part of the issue was like yeah, yeah. It became less about vandalism because learning all about like the history of graffiti and, and you talk about a competitive art form, mm -hmm. you're risking your skin going out there in those days, right? It wasn't all like, hey, happy, let's all collaborate. Hey, Chris, let's go do a show. No, it was like, this guy's going to beat me up a few times before I'm welcomed in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that, that was sort of a recurring theme. And so, you know, you're running from the police, your parents, you know, you're hiding paint cans, you're, you know, you, paint's expensive. You're doing what you have to do to get it, you know? So, you learn about all these things, but it is cool because I have no clue about any of the stuff that you two know. And so I'm learning all this through fresh eyes and mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm never leaving Atlanta. Right. Like, and then it's, we get to New York. I'm never leaving New York. Like I'm learning so much. It's like um, a kid. Yeah, yeah it is. That's it the really best is. way to learn. That is the best way to learn. I, it, it is. And I'm so grateful by the way, Chris, I've never, I've never got to thank you yet for doing this and drag me out of the house. But man, thank you so much. Cause it's been 
thus far an amazing journey, and there's only you know more to see. So I don't mean to get all emotional. No, on your no, show. no, Sorry, no, please but. do. I, one of my favorite, my favorite Atlantean graffiti writer is this dude named Totem. Totem too, <laughs> fucking insane. Like fucking insane. One of my yeah. favorites of all time. I own four of his canvases. You'll see them later when we go to the garage. Uh, but yeah, to me, if if graffiti wouldn't have came into my life, I, w- I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't be here. I just I, I wouldn't be here. I'd still be alive. You know, I'm not. I wasn't a gangbanger or anything like right. that. Uh, I did like fighting, but those you know who doesn't in those days. Um, <laughs> but for me, like it has allowed me to be competitive beyond belief because there's nothing more competitive than than a graffiti writer yeah period you just tattooers are competitive tattoo yeah tattoo oh, super yeah. in the shop you always have i mean you guys alpha. made a tv multi-season decade of it right? yeah but they, so that was the thing about it is it was never really you know obviously it's real we're really tattooing and there was really stories but it wasn't how a real tattoo shop was run mm-hmm Shops prior to us getting on television, you weren't going to see a grandmother bringing her granddaughter to get a tattoo. Like it, it wasn't common. You know what I mean? And then the tattoo shops became like a family-friendly place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Post us. And a lot of tattooers didn't like us for that. You know what I mean? Like, you fucked up our whole deal. You got you guys went out there, and now this, and now I got to tattoo this, and I got to listen to everybody's yeah. m- you know, morbid story. And all that, and I the felt piano like, music, cue piano music. I felt super bad. I yeah. felt bad for for that aspect of yeah. it. You know what I mean? But one way or the other, the train was coming. Yeah. And it was definitely an honor and a privilege to have gotten to do it with the friends that I did it with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, there's that, but there's always a double. You know, there's two sides to the coin, and there was definitely an upside, and it was definitely a downside. Yeah. And culturally, I felt a lot of the downside. I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never really got called off into the carpet on it. I just didn't like it. Yeah. It's you the know? same way. Like, people have been telling me to teach them how to do graffiti. I'm like, can't do that. You can't. You you don't pick graffiti. Graffiti picks you. Right? Because if you go, if somebody sees my shit and like, oh, I want to go paint graffiti. Goes to a wall. Unbeknownst to him is going over, like, someone that is super famous, has passed away. Yeah, like, you know, Oof. and they get their fucking shit blown off, right? Like they they'll they'll get they'll get knocked in the face. It just happened in New York, some and it was on social media. This dude fucking narks on the dude that slapped him or or punched him because he went over somebody. So this graffiti writer, a wannabe graffiti writer, goes up to a wall and tries to do his thing. Mm-hmm. His dumbass didn't realize that he was going over somebody who has who had passed away somebody spotted him doing oh. it live got his ass beat calls the cops on the on the on the dude that punched him and then everybody's like oh fucking snitch you shouldn't have done that blah blah you first of all know the rules before you step out there so i never wanted to have the responsibility to have one of my people who were young at the time right be like get hyped up on, on on letters and graffiti and without doing any research goes out and then tosses my name up right next to him like yo shout out to hex i'm now now i'm on the hook for that shit fuck that i'm not a teacher of that shit learn it from uh, on your own let it pick you tats talks a lot about that yeah in the time oh, yeah. we were with them they give a, a little dissertation on on street etiquette in the graffiti world yeah and they they pulled no punches man it is a tough world it, it is. is it is hard yeah. and it was much harder back in the days you know but where you were held accountable for the words that came out of your mouth everything, absolutely yeah. Not, everything. everything now is keyboard fucking warrior nation dude. Yeah. yeah yeah you'll love that episode because they really do they walk right through it like it, it was my Educate. It was like my high school education on the history of graffiti, right from, yeah. you know, the from the train yard from, from 1970. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Question mark. I mean, we were in 
right? Like the Bronx. We were in the Bronx. Yeah, Bronx, the same like the place that they deal. were 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. We're in their yeah. same studio. We, we go on location into the real deal. To, and they're still there. Yeah. and Nothing changed. That's and crazy. they still help the community. Yeah. They were, you know, they were hard as nails and they still help kids all the way through. They have all these amazing programs. There's so many yeah. of these artists that have given back so much through what they've been able to create. They've paid it all forward. And that's what I love because, man, you know, to see good things come out of what we love beyond just materialistic things for ourselves. And I'm talking about for anybody who makes it successful mm -hmm. to be able to give something back and do something for the next and to help save lives and change lives, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. I think the show, too, is going gonna, is gonna to end up creating collaboration. So I introduced uh, our, our very first guest, which I don't know how it'll air in which you know, order, but um, was Brian Witten. So we're at Brian Witten's house, and, and for those that don't know, he was like executive produced a lot of amazing movies. So he was a friend of mine for a long time, wanted to get involved in, in esports and gaming. We pitched a few shows together, and... Um, and basically, you know, seeing him in Atlanta with Dax, who two people that normally wouldn't meet, but we put together in a, you know, laid back atmosphere just right before we were rapping, we, we got invited to this bar and then having them hang out and talk and seeing them just sort of go do their own thing and start have conversations on shows and different stuff. It's great because we didn't intend that. Mm -hmm. That wasn't our intention for the evening. The intention was just to introduce Brian to Dax because they're in the same city. And yeah. And here they are having this side conversation on content and ways to change content yeah. and things, you know, think, things of that nature. Um, I think it was almost like your duty, right? Because as one of the first to, to sort of adopt media and TV into your culture, like it's, it's your duty, the way that it's my duty to document as much of esports today as it is anything else. Like I, I'm taking the same approach on, on cannabis because if you think about the wine industry, for example, like imagine mm. if you were able to document back then, if you had the, the, the ability to grab your phone and record people uh, you know, going through the process, learning the process of right. the best practices to create the best wine out there. Right. Uh, sommelier classes that are, you know what I mean? Like that, the, the, like the do's and don'ts of an entire culture or yes, yeah, essentially a culture like is lost and that is a disservice to those who love it most right and for you to just sit there and be like you know it's that's not what tattooing is tattoos well, shouldn't belong to, you know what i mean i ate a lot of shit throughout the time of working for the networks and i pitched what we're doing today all the way back then mm -hmm. you know what i mean like hey let's go feature artists let's let's go show the kings you know in all walks of art nah nah no one will ever care about that no one will ever care about that so for me all that time that I spent, which I completely appreciate, I was learning. Mm -hmm. I sat back and I said, you know what? I'm not going to go dark on this. I'm not going to quit because I'm here now. I'm going to learn how to produce. I'm going to learn how to understand the way the cameras work, the way the house works, how you open up, how you do everything, and learn from the back to the front. Because I was already in the front. That was the easy part for me. I could say whatever I need to say and not sweat. So I was good. But the whole inner workings of everything we see back here is what I went to school for. Yeah. And I literally took all my time to be cool with every cameraman, with every audio guy, with every producer, director. And I just spent my time picking their brain, picking their brain. And they were truly my friends. And shout outs to everybody I've ever worked with because I never fell out with one ever. Never even had a word. Like Those were always the people I hung out with when I wasn't shooting. When mm -hmm. I was shooting, I was with this guy. When I wasn't shooting, I was with those guys. Yeah. You know, and that's that was really I forged really great relationships that way. That's how most of my guys are here. And he sees esports, right? So I show him streaming and all these different ways that we, you and I, you know, I'm sure have had 
very similar thoughts on distribution and how to change that. And, and I have to say, too, real quick, um, I've, I've said all this stuff about E-League, and I, and I really didn't give credit to Turner, and I should, because talk about a network that didn't do it the standard network way. Like, I mean, Craig Berry and all the guys there, there's too many to name, but, um, you know, just amazing. David Levy's still a friend of mine. Of course, he's left Turner. We still golf uh, at least once or twice a year. But those guys, I had an opposite experience of him in television. Mm -hmm. They were like, you lead, we'll follow. Mm -hmm. And so we did it from a fan perspective, right? Yeah. Like, that's a lot of the way you do it was we took the same approach with authenticity. That was like the, you know, the, I mean, it's funny you mentioned wine too as well. Like when Lily, when my wife would talk to brands, because it was like we had to sell all the different stuff, you know, on our own really and, and make a lot of those first brand meetings. Those guys didn't know. She, you know, the brands themselves would ask about the weed aspect. Like, have you guys heard about what's happening in weed? Like other brands were interested because mm -hmm. they don't know if they're going to co-brand or if there's a way to work together. And she would always use the wine. Yeah. But if it's a, there's a <clears> lot of, of, of similarities between, you know, the, the way wine has grown different vineyards and different strands of grape and the same thing with with you know marijuana so i think the world at, at large is changing and chris sees this and so he comes to me with all this television experience and we've got sort of brand experience plus coming out with different distribution styles of like Ely. i remember i had a 45 minute dissertation prepared for turner on why it has to go on twitch mm -hmm. as well as mm -hmm. regular natural network television and i said okay this has to be on twitch the audience is there. They go, yeah, great, we'll do it. There's like some FCC stuff we have to figure out where we have to be the premium mm -hmm, and they mm -hmm. have to be saying, but we'll figure it out. Well, shit, I have 44 minutes to, to I guess we're going to pre-production, right? Yeah, like yeah, it, was, yeah. it was amazing because they got it, whereas Chris had more of the traditional television, you know, sort of there may or may not be an executive in there that needs to feel or seem relevant and say things. And, you know, for guys like us where it's like, no, we're going to create the content ourselves drive the narrative. I mean, that was out of, we had to do it because like, if there wasn't a tournament, then we'll create our own, you know? So, so. Well, think about YouTube, man, and what yeah. it's done, right? Like if, if this was 20 years ago, where do you put your own content? Like you would have to go through, I mean, impossible. You would not be able to do it unless you knew people. Right. You would not be able to, I could not upload my daily life show. Right. If I didn't have YouTube. Right. If I didn't have like it, it, it's it's crazy. Like I, the amount of of uh, of level playing field that the internet has done for everyone is just this is the best thing ever, man. Yeah, and I mean, you take all of his productions like, instead of like, you know, screwing off and going and doing whatever. He's sitting there learning more and more about the traditional side of it, and I think that, you know, part of the goal here is to disrupt you know, media in a way that, you know, we're constantly breaking the fourth wall with our crew because they've got great questions they want to ask, right? And Chris is always not just supporting it, but saying, get, let's do more of that. Yeah. Like, let's get you guys more involved. And I think traditional rules are boring. When you look at that content, it's become almost like banner blindness, like, like the shows are so typecast. Mm -hmm. But I do think the flip side and the positive side of this is the more that the buyers get younger on the business side of things, then it is going to start featuring, you know, you've seen Vice do a lot with marijuana and, mm -hmm. and the growth of that business and, and showing it as a real business, which then makes people more, uh, brands more, you know, uh, interested in sponsoring it. So I think that, you know, as the buyers get younger, they're more hip to what we have going on that, as content creators. Yeah. Uh, look, it's, 
it's it's a it's a thing that was born out of passion that has taken in it, it, it has taken itself to such a level that there's nothing to do but either hop on board or get the fuck out of the way because yeah. there's no there's no there's no room for there's no room for people who are going to be like the, the naysayers right we no time for that shit like either either get with it or get the fuck out of the way because it's going to happen regardless right yeah. like it's just it, the progress doesn't stop for anyone like period right it just it just humans tend to just not give a fuck when it comes to furthering its own self-interest and that when applied correctly and in, in in a good way it's just limitless man it's just limitless um before i let you guys go what do i need to do to get on your list to get tattooed and how does yeah, talk to me how does <laughs> you're, you're the yeah. you're that you're the agent just beat me yeah hit me on my beeper <laughs> beat me <laughs> Uh, so, so do you still do you still are you still actively tattooing people like do you as much as I can we've been uh, obviously yeah I love it and the thing about it I tattooed my son last and you know it's been how old months. Is your son? my son is now 20 just okay, became a so firefighter like a 12 year old shout out yeah, to Anthony no. Anthony but we call him Anthony he's a man yeah, yeah man yeah, yeah. Um, but it is the best in all of my day if I could sit down and tattoo it's the one place where once I'm working I just go into a black hole and everything time stops and i'm just there focused on what i'm doing and that for me is a big relief in comparison you know how it is your wheels spin when you're walking around you're taking this phone call you're serving solving this problem you're trying to keep everybody or everything in your life kind of in a line yeah shit gets crazy so when you do that it's like the great equilibrium because you just pigeonhole them to this one place yeah and it's this one meditative like kind of feel that you get like when you're drawing when you're working on a piece yeah but you can't be interrupted <clears throat> because everybody knows I can't fuck with you in that moment. Mm -hmm. So even the people around you, they give you that, they give yeah. you that pause. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the one time where, hey, dad's doing a line or don't fuck with him right now. He's outlining somebody. So it's like, God damn, come on outline. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, bring yeah. me all the outlines. Yeah. It's like that piece. Yeah. And that's the best. It feels great to be in there and to zone out. And again, you feel that there's a drag in the machine when the needle hits the skin and yeah. you feel that perfect groove. And then you can ride that wave forever. It's like surfing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You find your line and you ride it. Yeah. And it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tell people all the time, it's like when when will you be done? I'm like, look, the day that you see me only posting drawings and all that, like that's when I know that I'm like I'm done and I've made it. Right? Like when when uh who was it? Somebody was asking me, it's like, you, you, you got optic back. Like, what's 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 going on now? Right? I'm like, well, look, this is bonus. I love doing this thing. But, you know, they're, they're, at some point or another, there there will come a day where I find the right successor to take over my job, which is taking care of everyone, right? Like, that's my job, to make sure that everyone's right. cool. Yep. But I hope to one day find somebody that's going to be able to take that and take, you know, not not only take optic and keep it, but take it to the next level. Because whether that's me or not, like I don't know. If it's me and this is my life and I'm doing this for the rest of my life, I'm cool with it. But I do miss my art, right? I do miss spending time to do that, and I don't have that time, right? right. Like, because because I got not, I don't call them employees. I got teammates, right? I have teammates that focus on one thing and my job is to focus on everything else and making sure that they're protected making sure that everything the lights are on and all that that's my job that's what i was meant to be on earth for the art thing that's like my own personal selfish thing that i just do for myself and until i get to a point in which everyone's protected i don't think that i could ever get back fully into my art and how long is that going to be will that ever be a thing like i hope so but if it's not then i still love this thing so much that it, like i'm i'm cool sacrificing my art for that so you have another takeover in mind and no you don't uh, uh, let me 
what I meant by that was, let me back up. I could see you giving it away to that successor. What I'm thinking of is Lucas and, and Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Lucas gives, you know, he sells to Disney, and now all of a sudden I, I heard rumors that it may be true that he's he's now going to be back at the helm again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could kind of see that course correction out of yeah. it. It's like it's hard to get rid of the heart and soul, right? Sort of. I, I think I think the on, on Lucas, uh, George Lucas. I am is, comparing you to George Lucas, no, for the you. record, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I mean it. So Because of our know. looks. I, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I, I th- look, I think in, in, in his specific case, and the same thing with uh, with Marcus Pearson from Notch, yeah. right, from, from Minecraft. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Like You created something so special that so many people love that now you have a responsibility to not just take care of the business and your people, but also the people that have enabled you to build one of the dopest fucking universes in the world. So when you sort of give that away and Disney being the business machine that it is, like turns it into something so massive that you sort of, I mean, look, I know people are going to hate me saying this, right? But I'm not a, I'm not a a super star Wars guy. I love star Wars. I don't mind where star Wars is today. You know, I, Oh God, the you're right. We're gonna get so much hate for this. I didn't either. I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, like, like I, I think the Mandalorian's fucking dope, dude. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and the way they use Unreal Engine. I was yeah. Of course, Chris is That's like. That's what I love. Yeah, this is where you know Chris is for as much as being a a, a so called low tech guy. Yeah, he's really into high tech stuff yeah. and how to apply because he'll get an idea of like I'm like yeah they're using it for a set and he's like yo, so. The reason that I'm this way is because I got to work with the guys that worked on Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So they explained to me the technology mm-hmm. of this half moon that they were filming mm-hmm. in and what the potential was, and they broke it down to me. So I was in awe of guys that I was working with because they were like, oh, well, I did Mandalorian, and oh, I did Game of Thrones, and whatever. And I'm sitting here like, holy shit, these dudes, you know, like, you've shot some real shit here, you know? And when they explained it to me, I was fascinated because, of course, my art brain goes haywire mm-hmm. you know like oh well there's this opportunity that opportunity and when all that stuff came to fruition and they explained and broke down to me how the tech worked yeah i was like hey hey there's this thing like, <laughs> you know, know what i mean hey, like tech guy there's this thing you know what i mean yeah. and i was yeah. pulling on papa's sleeve like what are we gonna do yeah how are we gonna do this yeah so i had one of my favorite shows of all time is rome from hbo yeah that got canceled after the second season because of the amount of money the cost yeah that uh that hutchins that Hutchins is giving me that little burpee. So we, I, I took him to so Hutchins. Good. Amazing. Amazing. Get almost the, the, didn't do the podcast. We were almost yeah. all in bed sleeping. Bro, I, I've been yawning internally. <laughs> my eyes keep getting watery, and I'm and like, look at my posture. Yeah, I'm in this thing. Just out. I'm ready to you, catch you, him. You, you had the avion, so you're really. I'm trying just, to fly. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, as, as I was saying, like that that show would still be alive. Well, it would have had his seasons, right? But it would have been better off if we had the technology that we have today because the, the, the thing about that show is that it was so expensive mm. because of the amount of Romans and whatever yeah. that they had to hire to play the parts, the armies and all that stuff. Like now, super easy, right? Like right. now, well, not super easy, but you know what I'm saying? With technology, it, it, it gets a little bit easier. Anyway, not to, not to get off topic, how do I get on the list? You uh, see how we Jedi mind tricked it, right? Yeah. Call me. Call. All right. Yeah. I got his number. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, so no, no rush on that, but I, I'd be honored if you, if, oh, if, man, you, thank if you, you ink me up, man. Appreciate that. Thank you for stopping by. Appreciate right. you, my brother Toby, my woo, hey. my, my woo brother number one. Brother from another. Thanks for uh, having us on, man. Anyway, guys, all of their information is gonna be in the description down below. Social media stuff. Uh, if you have, if you guys have any questions, uh, leave them in the description down below, and we'll check it out. Uh, thank you to the boys again for stopping by, and we'll see you guys next time. Good, bye. <laughs>